everyone, it's Melissa. Uh, you might notice that this seems to be a slightly different format for today and that we're a little bit late. It turns out when your roof is leaking, it's really hard to do a podcast. So poor Dr. Sip, her roof had one job and it's not doing that job really well. So she's a little bit tied up at the moment. And by tied up, I mean trying not to be rained on inside her house. So the outside is coming inside. She would rather it stays outside. So they are addressing that situation. And I've had some visitors coming and going in and out of my new house, which I'm really excited about. But as a result, we haven't had a chance to connect with like day jobs and all those other things. So we wanted to address the elephant in the room. You know, life happens and roofs apparently stop happening. So (laughs) it is my pleasure to bring to you this story that I did for Bewilderbeast last year. Um, Just for fun, it's... um, It's the story of Edgar Allan Poe's death and how his death um, was worthy of an Edgar Allan Poe's story. But really what brought this story to my attention was that the raven, the the famous poem, the raven, quote the raven nevermore, was actually inspired by a bird, a raven owned by Charles Dickens named Grip. And how Charles Dickens and Edgar Allan Poe were not exactly homies. Um, But that this bird inspired not one, but two really influential people of the time, uh, two writers of the time, two very different people of the time. And so I just thought I would play that here just to kind of tide you guys over. You're under no obligation, obviously, to listen to any of this. Um, But if you do, I hope you enjoy it. And Dr. Sip and I will be back really soon with an episode once, once we can figure out how to keep her outside, outside. All right, guys, have a great Halloween. Stay safe. And if you get a chance, please look up the bat that is taking over the bird world by storm. There is a bat that is in the running for bird of the year, and it's kind of ruffling some feathers. So if you want to take a minute and check that out, give it a shot. All right, guys, have a great week, and we will be back with you soon. Quoth the raven, nevermore. This is part of a famous poem by master of creepy Edgar Allan Poe. But this poem was inspired by another famous writer of the time's pet raven, Grip. Grip was owned by Charles Dickens. You might know him as the guy who wrote A Christmas Carol with Tiny Tim and Scrooge, and the talkative intelligent bird made an appearance in Charles Dickens' less-known work, Barnaby Ridge. After reading the book as a literary critic, Edgar Allan Poe's critique of Charles Dickens' book, Barnaby Ridge, is that the bird wasn't used more. So, Edgar Allan Poe just took it. Edgar Allan Poe wrote the poem, The Raven, which featured a raven who knocks on the door of a man who is grieving after his beloved Lenore had died. The raven can talk, but only can say one word, nevermore, which... To me, reading the poem and imagining a man talking to a raven and watching him descend into madness and getting more and more frustrated that he can only say nevermore instead of, oh, holy cow, a talking bird in Baltimore? That does kind of make me giggle. People were not stupid and they realized the poem that had become one of the most famous poems in history was essentially Edgar Allan Poe taking this concept from a book that he reviewed from Mr. Christmas Miracle himself, Charles freaking Dickens. 
that takes some serious nutcrackers. People would just shout out to Poe on the street, yo, the raven, or chant because they could do some serious shade before TikTok was a thing, quote, here comes Poe with his raven like Barnaby Rudge, three-fifths of him genius, two-fifths sheer fudge. Essentially, this was old-timey insulting for, hey, you're super smart, dude, but we know you totes stole this idea. And while he eventually became famous and is widely considered to be the father of the American short story and all things mystery, macabre, dark, and spooky, he did not make money on his work in this lifetime. Edgar Allan Poe is frequently noted as the first American author to try to make his living with only writing. And not much has changed, really, since the 1800s. Most authors cannot survive on writing alone. Can relate. But for a man that we look back at and say, wow, that guy must have everything, he really didn't. Edgar Allan Poe was never really financially secure, and by all accounts, he really struggled despite writing as much as he did. I'm wondering if the ghost of Grip the Raven came back to get Poe, a la the grieving lover in the Raven. You see, the end of Edgar Allan Poe's life actually sounds a whole lot like one of the stories that he would have come up with. Edgar Allan Poe was found by a man named Joseph Walker, who brought Poe to the hospital in need of immediate assistance. Poe was found wandering deliriously on the streets of Baltimore. He certainly was not the last to do so. In a mystery fitting for Poe himself, he was wearing someone else's clothing, kept calling out the name Reynolds the night before his death, which I imagine in a nevermore manner. Doctors asking, how are you feeling? Reynolds! Whose clothes are these? Reynolds! Do you like Jello, Mr. Poe? Reynolds! And if you've seen Hamilton, you might have feelings about the name Reynolds. Ugh, that guy. He never became lucid enough to say exactly how he got in the state he was in, but he died days later at a hospital. After Edgar Allan Poe died, all of his medical records and his death certificate just up and disappeared. It's theorized that Poe died either of alcoholism, which at the time they would have called it cerebral inflammation or congestion of the brain, epilepsy, cholera, rabies, don't pet wildlife kids, or syphilis, which according to Ranker.com, this beast of a bacteria, syphilis, has taken out other historical figures too, like Christopher Columbus, who brought it to the New World and killed millions of native people who were not able to fight the bacteria. Noted gangster Al Capone killed upwards of 400 people, either directly or indirectly, and he was felled by advanced syphilis while at Alcatraz prison. Oscar Wilde, another writer who very likely had syphilis, but also had died from the treatment. Mercury, of which he had so many mercury treatments, his teeth famously turned black and he covered his mouth anytime he spoke. Oh, and good old Honest Abe, President Lincoln himself, was not unfamiliar with traveling the country to see the sights and meet some new friends. Very likely passed this disease on to his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, who in her last days, famously descended into what they called hysteria, which is honestly just code for woman who wasn't behaving in a socially ladylike manner, and that could span quite a spread of behaviors, including things like wanting to vote or saying no to your husband. By all accounts, most women of today would be considered hysterical. <coughs> However, 
Her hysteria was well documented, and while it's often suggested that she started to go downhill after her husband was brutally murdered by gunshot while they were at the theater while she sat next to him, which would absolutely make anyone need to seek out some psychological assistance, what makes experts consider syphilis was the knife-like pain in her back, dementia, impaired coordination, blindness, and weight loss. All of these are symptoms of advanced syphilis, which President Lincoln, had he not been shot in the skull, might have suffered from as well. And since only his brain was autopsied, because, you know, it was the 1800s and it was pretty clear that that was the cause of his death, they never looked anywhere else in his body. So it's unclear if the syphilis had progressed as he had admitted to contracting the disease in 1835 to his law partner at the time. But at the time, 15% of everyone had syphilis. It was basically as American as apple pie. So when you're the granddaddy of Grimm and your death certificate ends up missing, it certainly adds to the entire aura of how people think about you going forward. So let's go back to Grip. Grip the Raven, preserved with arsenic, which we know is a poison, but at the time was used for everything. A preservation chemical for dead animals, does a medicine to treat skin blemishes, pimples, moles, ulcers, and <gasps> syphilis. That's some circle of life stuff right there, kids. It was also a preferred murder weapon by spiking coffee with it or putting it in food as it's odorless and tasteless. And now, after searching for all of this, I'm confident I am on a list. So if next week's episode doesn't drop on time, now you know why. Who knows, maybe Poe had contracted syphilis and tried to do some self-treatment and just overdid it. Or he had other things going on. I'm certainly not going to armchair quarterback his death. People have been trying for nearly 175 years. I'm confident there is a Reddit for this if you want to go to Wacky Theory Town. But back to Grip. Grip the Raven died in 1841, and according to his owner Charles Dickens, remember that guy? Apparently Grip had some famous last words glorified and probably exaggerated by Dickens himself. Quote, On the clock striking twelve. He exclaimed, Halloa, old girl! His favorite expression, and died. Making me wonder if Grip was the original Hollaback girl. And when he did, Charles Dickens had him stuffed, preserved with arsenic, again, poison, and mounted into a shadow box that you can still see today. Colonel Richard Gimble purchased the ex-raven who had ceased to live at an auction as he was a huge fan of all things Poe. And here's the thing that gets me. Poe never even owned this bird and probably never even met the thing. And it's so connected to Edgar Allan Poe despite being Charles Dickens' bird. And Dickens gets the shaft again. In 1971, Colonel Gimble's collection of all things Edgar Allan Poe and the smaller collection of all things Poe that were once actually Charles Dickens was donated to the Free Library in Philadelphia where Grip is just chilling out in the rare book department on the third floor. Gimble was a serious collector despite my jokes here. You can see the only known copy of The Raven and the first edition copies of all of Edgar Allan Poe's works in Philadelphia. Grip the Raven, who inspired the famous poem, The Raven, has inspired other works too, including the name of the NFL football team, the Baltimore Ravens, after Edgar Allan Poe, who was buried there, an episode of The Simpsons, which now you know you've made it, 
several gothic rock bands, an episode of Mama's Family, an episode of Alton Eats, a cooking show where a plastic chicken replaced the famous raven, and instead of saying nevermore, he repetitively states, fry some more, and my absolute favorite, quoth the raven. Get it? The bird is named Quoth, and he's a raven, in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. So if you go see Grip, just don't touch the bird. Seriously, it's poison and a relic and stuff, but it might totally kill you, which is, honestly, probably what Poe wanted. So thanks for joining me today on Bewilderbeasts. So if there are topics that you'd be interested in hearing about on the podcast, if you know of any historical animals who changed the world, animals who helped humans, or wacky animals in the news, please send them in. Bewilderbeastpod at gmail.com. Tweet at bewilderedpod, bewilderbeastpod on Facebook, and bewilderbeast on Instagram. I'm Melissa McHugh McGrath with Mutt Stuff Media. Now go get curious. Intro music is Tiptoe Out the Back by Dan Lebowitz, and interstitial music is by MK2. Additional music provided by Pixabay and freesound.org. Don't forget to like and subscribe, review, and please, please, please share with your curious friends. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next week.